Hello and welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather. Political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk this week's news and politics. Episode 69. Nice. Nice. God, we were toying with the idea of just doing an episode that was just us saying nice. Yeah. Maybe 30 seconds or so, but thought that might be kind of... Lose some of our precious viewers. <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have as much of an audience that we can start pissing them off and annoying them. <laughs> Not yet. Can't turn heel yet. <laughs> uh, so, how are you, Hugh? You alright? I'm alright. Um, I saw the last episode, well, the last bit of the last episode of The Bodyguard, and it's nice to see that it did everything that I thought it would do, and it's like, it's like, hey, everybody, remember, like, say, yeah, last episode, I talked about, we talked about how it did that thing of the only thing the police care about more than justice is being kind to Muslims. Well, actually, he was wrong to be kind to Muslims. The Muslim was the villain all along. <laughs> Stupid. Such a dumb show. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's like that fucking, um, you know, if you've read the uh, the I Partridge book, hmm. where he's like outlining his detective, Swallow. <laughs> um, and he's like, um, Swallow understands that a disproportionate amount of crime is committed by the travelling community. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Oh, God, it's me, that, that J.K. Rowling's new book, you saw the thing, but her new book, which is going to be all about how the hard left are anti-Semites. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm looking... For, the only good thing about it is going to be when the BBC do their TV like three-parter about it and get to see J.K. Rowling's version of, of um, Ken Livingston. Because <laughs> he's going to be the oh, is he? Oh, is, what, is he in it? I don't know. Well, it'll have to be, because it's, it's about two... Two, it's about politically minded people who are so anti-Zionist that they become anti-Semitic. Right. And, uh, and do... I, I don't know. I don't think she knows yet. <laughs> um, and then Cormoran Strike. The, oh. Yeah. Um, he's going to save Sergeant the day. Sergeant Cormoran Strike so from you know well, the 40,000 universe. <laughs> you know full well that there's going to be... Um, there's going to be a J.K. Rowling version of Jeremy Corbyn or Ken Livingston. It is. His name is Hardy Crobin. <laughs> yeah. So Known that's... in the press as the Magic Grandpa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... Oh. Yeah. Well, I'll cheer you up. All right, cheer me up. What's been going uh, on? I saw Conf- the UKIP manifesto. Oh. That gave me a proper little cheer. They managed to work in cultural Marxism into the U- into Cultural the Marxism and Muslim-only prisons. <laughs> I think there are other people that had camps specifically for one sort of person. I mean, like, if the Labour right really want to kind of get in touch with the the heart and soul Mm. of the real Britain, Mm. they should just do what UKIP did and make up their manifesto out of their auntie's Facebook posts. (laughs) Just go the whole hog. Getting them from the YouTube comments from Saga of Akkad's YouTube page. It's like, yeah, this seems like it's really good. In our in new interconnected globalized Britain, you are never more than four clicks away from an anti-Semitic screed. <laughs> okay, yeah, cheer me up. Hmm. What's happened this week? That's so, to cheer up? our main topic. Yeah. Today we're gonna have to have it. The, is the fact that I'm playing um, Destiny again. That is a side topic, best left for private conversation. Okay. Carry on. Private chat. What's gonna make me happy? <laughs> um, Labour conference okay, is yeah. on right now. Yep. I've um, we are on day two, three. They started briefing quite early, yeah. Um, as they usually do. Yeah. Uh, there's been some good stuff coming out of it, um, and some not so good stuff. Mm-hmm. 
we're going to split it into two groups. Mm-hmm. I want to do the good stuff first because yeah. uh, there's some of the good stuff is very good, mm-hmm. very good. Um, so uh, John McDonnell was talking has been talking about nationalisation of water. What makes this different from the promise in the manifesto is that he's going to make um, bosses re- reapply for their jobs <laughs> when they nationalise it. Which is an interesting thing because, like, one of the failures of post-war nationalisation with stuff like coal, mm. electricity, and things like that, was people the same people. Was yeah, they just basically kept exactly the same people. They the people who owned it were bailed out and mm. then became like head of the coal board. Yeah, it's like um, you take the coal, you take the coal mines away from Harvey hate children, and then you just <laughs> put him in charge of the coal board. <laughs> And that led to the kind of same um, behaviours being replicated, the mm. same kind of antagonistic attitude that capital has towards its workers mm. generally. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a good thing. I mean, to be honest, I almost would just sack them. Um, we're talking about like senior executives and high I, up management. I here. wouldn't say almost. I would just I, get rid of every single I, one of them. Yeah. I, I it was. I read it and I was like. What the fuck? No, they don't get to. Hmm. Why? Why? What are you? Maybe that's the point. You what make are you them measuring the job, them for? But they have to apply for the job to. They have to like in front of John McDonnell, and he <laughs> yeah. just sits there. He's just gonna do it. It's just him sitting there with his arms folded while they are trying to explain why they're really good at knowing where the water goes, and he just goes, "No, nah, you're all right." Um, the other thing is, management would also have their salaries capped at twenty times the uh, lowest paid workers, hmm. which is, I mean, it's a cap. A start. It's yeah. a cap. Yeah. As with most things, as you will find as we go through this episode, most of it is a very, very good start. Well, yeah, because you know they're still they're still social democrats. Not actually, well, also not actually in power. Yeah, there is that. Like, and not anywhere near power because, like, mm. a general election could be tomorrow, but most likely it's going to be in at least two or three years. I don't know. Um, I still think that Theresa May is going to be gone the day after Brexit. I think she'll be like gone. She'll but literally I think be they'll... jumping into a helicopter and flying away. I think they'll limp on. I yeah, think it, whoever whoever the leader is after Brexit, they'll just limp on. Really? I I I just can't see them giving giving it up and be like having to be subjected to the embarrassment. Yeah, that is literally all they've got now. Is you know the on. the long game, the endurance is all they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um. So one of the major announcements uh, yesterday was the Inclusive Ownership Fund. Mm-hmm. So, John McDonnell's proposing a policy whereby uh, it's mandatory for all companies employing more than 250 people um, to set aside 1% of their ownership shares and put them into a fund, up to a maximum of 10%. That's mm-hmm. of like ownership shares of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, each uh, employee will then be entitled to company share dividends worth up to £500 a year, any dividends over that amount will um, go into uh, a social fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, this policy would affect about 10.7 million people, so a pretty significant chunk of the working population. Um, Carolyn Fairbarn, uh, the Director General of the CBI, said Labour's plans would result in lower living standards. From renationalisation to the dilution of shares, Labour seems determined to impose rules that display a willful misunderstanding of business. Uh, yeah, their um, policies. I heard would... people on the radio saying that, well, if they did that, then I'm never going to hire more than 249 people. Mm-hmm. To which um, Majid Dawar should have asked him how many people he employs, because from the sounds of it, and from the fact that he was phoning into a radio station at 11 o'clock, <laughs> I imagine he doesn't hire. He from doesn't his hire. corner office. Yeah. There's a lot of people on LBC who seem to phone up and have very distinct opinions about how many people they're going to hire for their business. Yeah. Um, and they're usually retired. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when it's, when, you know when you hear people have some really 
really strict opinions about what working people want and don't want, and they've been retired for a decade. <laughs> and it's not saying that old people shouldn't be allowed to vote, but they're not allowed to pretend that they're working. <laughs> yeah, getting the CBI to admit that big business has kind of a, a vested interest in keeping workers' control out of management and ownership hmm. is a pretty cool bonus. Um, and having it up to 10%, they would have it up to... They would have it up to um, £500 dividends, mm. I think, a year. Mm. Um, the idea is, that's quite important, the idea is to keep um, keep certain sectors and certain groups of workers from, um, like workers at bigger companies or mm. in more profitable sectors, acquiring different levels of like stake or an interest in the mm. scheme. It affects their interest then, yeah. and it would be different for them as opposed to other workers in yeah. like less profitable industries, yeah. things like that. Um yeah, the dumb like there has been some outrage at this from the CBI mainly. Oh, yeah, there um, but it's just it's a pretty standard thing that already exists in Germany. It yeah. exists in a number of European countries. Mm. Um, in business terms, it kind of even makes sense. Yeah, because it would have a kind of appeal to productivity. Your workers would be happier. They'd be more to a certain extent, like, aligned with the business's interests. Now, mm. from a socialist perspective, this doesn't seem, like, that important. Mm. There's quite a lot of lefties who would um, oppose something like this mm. uh, because, it encourage, like I say, it encourages workers to identify their interests with those of the business and, like, yeah. capital generally. I've met people who have, who worked for John Lewis and have an affinity for their boss that creeped me out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I disagree with mm. it. I disagree with that point of view, basically, because the capitalist state kind of depends on replicating the like divide between mm. owner and wage labourer yeah. within the economy. Um, it enforces the behaviours that um, it finds useful in its workers, whether that's like timed toilet breaks mm. or you know like um, being made to sign in, being made to dress a certain way. These are all like enforced behaviours because they are the owners and they are un- are, un- are unquestionably in charge of their workers that during that time. Bar in America where they were making their staff get tattooed. Yeah. Oh. I mean that's the that's the kind of like far like far edge of it. Yeah. But I mean everybody knows everybody has been made to do something at work. Pieces of flat. That they were yeah, that they were not uh, remunerated for or mm. that otherwise like um, impinges upon their kind of personal definition or, or how they would want to work. So, yeah. I mean, with workers owning 10% of the company they, they work for, suddenly this power dynamic is kind of turned on its head mm. um, because it does challenge the kind of sovereignty of owners to dictate certain things to their their employees. Yeah. Um, like, the number one capitalist trait after profit-seeking is looking for compliance in its yeah. labour force. I mean, there's been literally millions of people killed in the 20th century to yeah. reinforce that one aspect, the fact that the people who own property are the ones who are in charge and the ones who sell their labour day-to-day mm. are the ones who are ruled. Mm. Like, a, it's a really simple kind of way of putting it, but, yeah, it's that's been the history of the la- certainly the latter half and probably the first half of the 20th century. Mm. Um and neoliberal attitudes towards work kind of a kind of either a, a, a general despair if mm. you're stuck in like a job you hate mm. but you have to do or 
a kind of like chippy, like enthusiastic nomadism where mm. you're not that bothered about your job because if you get sacked, you're willing to just up sticks and move. Yeah. And and go to somewhere else. These are things that can all be undermined by having workers actually have an ownership stake mm. in the companies that they're working in, in the economic activity that they're taking part in. Mm. And yeah, 10% is a good start. It's 90% away from where we would want to be. Yeah. But actually getting people used again to not just like clocking in and earning profit for somebody else, yeah. but actually even having half a finger Mm, yeah. on the tiller and having to think about things in a different way because that's like partially what neoliberalism does as well it conditions you to be on a certain rung mm. while holding out op- like opportunities in advance like if you work really hard if you study really hard you will you know be able to climb the ladder mm. and eventually you will be regional manager of this card factory Yeah, you know mm. I mean card factory the card store like Clinton's cards not yeah. actual card factory there are no card factories left <laughs> in the west at all um but yeah it's a, it's a good thing to yeah jostle everything up a bit um i mean when this came out uh yeah there was a yougov poll done um and out of labor voters 79 percent said it was a good idea um out of all uh british voters say, uh surveyed uh 54 said it was a good idea which for what is something that i don't ever i mean in the kind of from the from nineteen forty five, I suppose you had strong unions, mm. and it was unions as representatives of workers who had kind of a place at the table um, as far as like nationalised industries go. But mm. as far as private workforces did as well, they they were nominated to like negotiate on behalf of workers. But actually having direct like a direct stake mm. in control of industries and 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 companies. I don't think that's ever... I'm probably wrong. Uh, there are probably some some examples, but it's not the impression I get from like yeah. the old unionised shops yeah. uh, maybe it's, in the part like clothes shops in the past. Maybe so many people are in favour of it because they're constantly told that the way it works in Germany is better. There probably is an element of that. That will be what will disarm quite a lot of criticism about it, I think. Mm. The fact that people look at Germany as some kind of capitalist saviour. Yeah. And it's, it's like, they really. do it. There was... um. I really need to look it up. Apparently there was a programme a few years ago where they, um, it was 2013 or something, Mm. where they substituted um, two uh, British husband and wife to go and work in Germany under like German rules, Mm. um, which meant the uh, woman stayed at home, Mm. did four hours of housework because Germany punishes um, twin earners. Yeah. uh, Tax wise. Yeah. And you know, like they they kind of reinforced the German discipline thing, Mm. but actually it was, it was more like capitalist discipline. It wasn't yeah. really um, like, especially like a nationalistic trait. It was just the way that that was organised. But in any case, Germany is seen as like this perfect example of how capitalism can be like kind and successful, mm. which oh. is a myth. Yeah. But also is like the last gasp of this generation of neoliberal. Yeah, uh, myth making. So yeah, you know, the, what was really astounding about this YouGov poll: thirty nine percent of conservative voters thought it was a good idea. That's really weird. And thirty four percent thought it was a bad idea. That's really weird. Twenty seven percent didn't know. Well, Tories don't know of a lot. Conservative voters, but it's weird for them to admit they don't know a thing. Well, because it probably fits in with the things that they've been told. If they're slightly more nationalistic voters, even mm. if they're Brexit voters. They've been told that the nation is a discrete unit within its borders mm. and 
every work you buy British, mm. you know, work really hard because you're helping Britain. Mm-hmm. That kind of old fashioned, like almost um, autarkic yeah. uh, attitude, like pre globalization, mm. like nation state stuff. They're mm. probably immersed in that, and that isn't exactly far off. Yeah, from you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be like contradictory if you supported both of those things. Is mm. what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I can maybe see a future headlight. I've I'm inculcated to just immediately look at this and think I am going to be seeing a headline in like 2025. <laughs> let's say, um, you know, in like uh, ownership fund plans quietly shelved after opposition in cabinet. Yeah, and I'll be reading an article from twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think I'll, I'll, yeah. oh yeah, whatever happened to that? Oh yeah, no, it got shelved like three years ago or whatever. Yeah, but um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's okay. certainly one of the more radical. That was a good things thing. I've heard from any party thing. ever That's in a my life. Good thing that John McDonald's announced. The hanging with turfs is a bad thing. Um, you told me about this. What was the? Do you know the details behind it? He was having a meeting with a turf group because of their legitimate concerns about. The gender recognition Being horrible. Act. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's an idiot. And I know these people. They've, like, the oldest of my left-wing friends... Yes. ...have been having real issues recently. Like, the turf stuff... Yeah. We haven't lost any friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we know anyone really who's lost any friends. Mm. But... My older friends, who are old left-wingers, yeah. have lost quite a few friends. Yeah. Like, friends from like the 1970s yeah. that they've had for years and years, and they just can't talk to them anymore. So, it's not surprising that John McDonnell hangs around with these people. It's wrong which side he's come down on. Well, I don't think he's come down on the side well, of, wasn't I'm it... pro-turf. He, you shouldn't talk to these people, though. There's no reason to talk to these people. I'm pretty certain the group he was talking to... Um, it wasn't Women's Place, was it? I think it is. Women's Place. That's the... Um, what's her name? Uh, Ruth Sawatka. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? She's yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. She is an utter piece she's of shit. She's vile. Yeah. She's fucking vile to people online. Really yeah. bad. She's one of the ones who one of my friends has had to cut out of his life. Because, yeah. And he said he did not see it coming at all. But, um, yeah. And I think Dr. Radfem was part of it before she got kicked out of the Labour Party for stalking Lily Madigan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, there's no need. You, it's not like, oh, it's just rumours that they're horrible. It's like, no, they are. Yeah. <laughs> they really are horrible. You just look at, the, look at their tweet. Look at what they tweet and see if they target, like, teenage trans people yeah, yeah. and just bully them. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, He shouldn't be talking Like, to yeah, them. I know there's no, there's not really any excuse for seeing them. I mean, I don't know how the conference works. I don't know how people word it to get in. I don't know how aware he is of that. He knows I, he I don't think he's... He knows what it I is. I don't think he's turfy. I don't think he is, but I think he's um, willing to talk to them when he shouldn't. Because they're friends, yeah. Yeah, sure, I just, sure. I sh- I, he should have just told them to fuck off. It's it's not it's not a good look at no, all. No, no. Um, I wouldn't, but yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a bad thing to do. Yeah. And it's that horrible thing of like saying good things like, you know, the ownership stuff, renationalizing stuff, and then, oh yeah, but to get this through, yeah, we're going to sort of... 
gooch a bit with the gender recognition stuff. No, there's or, no, there's or, been no indication of that no. at all. Or they'll at all. Or they sh- or they won't kick every. There's a couple of people in the Labour Party I right mean, now who sure. should not be in the Labour Party at all because they yeah. are. Like, you know when, when people say about, oh, this person's been really anti-Semitic and abusive and it turns out that they said a couple of things that they really shouldn't have, like, 15 years ago? Yeah. Rufus Watker is a fucking monster and should be chased out and shouldn't be anywhere near Liverpool at the moment. Yeah. She should be hanging out with Galloway. Or, like, Two Flames. Um, what's her name? Jenny James? Jennifer James? Yeah, that's her Twitter handle is, like, Two Flames. Yeah, yeah. She, she's there. And um, on her Twitter avatar, on her Twitter figure, like, the banner, it's, like, her and George Galloway. She shouldn't be. She shouldn't be in a low pie. She should be fucking chased out. She really should be. Um, and the fact that they haven't been yet is bad. It's a bad look. Yeah, I mean, I think that I know the women's place thing is. It's not in any way affiliated to Labour. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I think it's that one. But yeah, 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 that that is the group. I don't know if that's the group that John McDonnell met with or yeah. anything, but yeah, they'd meet with some bad people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay. What next? Um, the other big thing was um, it kind of got obscured by the ownership fund stuff, but hmm. um, rental sector reforms. Oh, yeah. um, some really, really good stuff. Um, they are saying Labour would scrap laws allowing private landlords to evict tenants without giving a reason. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. Uh, he will also, uh, John McDonald will also unveil plans for a £20 million fund to set up renters' unions to support tenants in disputes with landlords. But what if I'm a landlord and I just don't want those Indians because they make my flat smell bad, like that bloke <laughs> did? Uh, Fergal, Fergus, he's got a load of flats in Medway, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, Fergal, Fergus Wilson, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who said he wouldn't allow kind of um, domestic abuse victims to rent his houses because, you know, their partners might come around and smash up the doors. Yeah. He wouldn't allow... That's his job. <laughs> he wouldn't allow Indian families to rent his houses because they make the place smell of curry. <laughs> and, you know, normal, everyday things from a normal, functioning uh, housing market that yeah. is normal and not at all on the edge of implosion. So and utter misery. A renters' union would, would be good um, for that. Renters' unions would be really useful. There's been so many times when I've had to go to the internet mm. to look up advice. Mm-hmm. And the advice, like, it, it will never be as good as actually having someone in your corner. It's like the loneliest... that I've moved house, uh, let's see, once, twice, three times, four times... Four. I've moved house seven times... Mm. Since I left home in 2002. Hmm. And it is incredibly isolating and lonely. Because like moving house alone is like just the fucking most terrible thing you can do. And having to not only keep tabs on what the landlord you're moving into is saying. But having to keep tabs on the landlord you're moving away from. Hmm. Having to examine every bit of paperwork. When you're paying thousands of pounds each time yeah. in extra commission... For you're not sure what, but you're desperate, so you have to pay it. There's no disputing it. There's mm. no, well, you could always bring it up in court that this is a. No, no one has that recourse. Mm. And actually, having a renters' union there would mm. be an incredible boon. Yeah. Incredible boost. It really would be good. Um, other reforms uh, reversing cuts to legal aid for housing related cases, mm-hmm. related to what we were just saying, uh, introducing standard three year tenancies. Ooh. Um, so you couldn't be... Well, I just out. won't ever rent out my place. I'll just leave it empty. Yeah. Like all those people do. I, I mean, um, 
it, there are some people who do there that. There will be some people who would not be... Like uh, landlords who are kind of trying to set themselves up as multi-landlords mm-hmm. uh, cannot afford to do that. Like there's that... What's it called? Um, vac- vacuum Vacuum period? Something like that. Mm. A state agent used that with me once that said the vacuum period or the vacant period, um, they wouldn't... They, they were just so so stressed they kept phoning us to ask whether we could move into this new place hmm. because the vacant period was, oh, yeah, was, was so losing fun. the money yeah. every day you know there's a, well like there's a friend of ours who he's he's on six month contracts mm. and he's been there for nearly three years now yeah and that's like pretty standard like people i know who oh, yeah. have, but you haven't moved for ages it is yeah the six month contract thing is fucking horrible and like i'm like i am very lucky me and the wife are very mm. lucky because we own this place the idea of having a kid in that situation, having pets in that situation, having a sofa in that situation, having yeah. houseplants. Yeah. It's too stressful. Oh, I'm stressed thinking about it. Yeah, it's mo- like, yeah. So yeah, a three-year contract. That's- Standard three-year contract. I believe they were talking about making it mandatory. Hmm. So whatever... Con- and that's also kind of slows down those rent rises. That- yeah. Luckily, I've been fairly good. With- I've been fairly lucky with rent rising uh, rises, I think I've only had my. Let me think. I think I've only had my rent put up once, like forcibly, mm. um, and their reason was just it, it, because it's in line yeah, with or, the local area. Or oh, that one's the grottiest. I was living in a grotty fucking flat above a shop. Was that in Tooting? That was the one in Tooting. And, oh. uh, and uh, yeah, put it up to twelve fifty a month. A the, month. The one with. The yeah, with the problems with yeah. the infest with the cockroach infestation. Yeah, um, oh. and you know things things like that. Like it, yeah, it would be terrible. But on the plus side, you could just leave anything you wanted in front of the flat, and the council would take it away. You could just like throw that was lucky. It was a it was a right on a main road as well, which yeah. was great. So you could just have piles of rubbish outside, of the council yeah. would take away. Might have had something also to do with the. Rest of the things that was a horrible place. They had no right to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so disgusting. Yeah. I mean, ah. Um. Yeah, other things. Uh, banning letting agent fees. Good. Number one good thing. Uh, new minimum about cutting the hands off letting agents? <laughs> Unfortunately, not yet. As I said, we're at 10% now. <laughs> it will go higher. Social Democrats are always so, going hard. I'll never go yeah. far enough. First of all, we'll take the little fingers. The, the, the tip, the tip of, the, of the little finger. Yeah, the tip of the little finger for every shiny suit they own. Every get like, where do you think people got the idea for guillotine? It was for those like little like, uh, <laughs> what do you call them? like what pencil tips? pencil? Um, what am I thinking of? Oh, cigar cutters. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. <laughs> you start with a cigar cutter and yeah. then you work your way up. Um, uh, new minimum legal standards to ensure homes are fit for human habitation, like. The fact that that's an amazing thing <laughs> kind of tells you where we are. Yeah. But there we are. Um, also, giving the cities cities the power to introduce rent controls. Ooh. Um, that does come a lo- along with a whole load of problems. Um, like, with rent control, you can kind of um, bring in, like, an aristocracy of people. Like, kind of like with council houses to a mm. certain extent. You have people who have council houses mm. and like that's excellent and they need them mm. but they're kind of taken out because they are given like it produces a, a like an aristocracy of people with secure housing within yeah. the within the market you know what i mean yeah. i don't blame them and like at all yeah but, but also you know. rent control if you have one city that has it and it works really well and yeah. another city that doesn't it just pressures that city 
like we have elected mayors now what's the fucking point of them if it isn't for that kind of shit yeah definitely because yeah yeah because if you can't control the house like that's oh it'd be so funny though because you could see like you'd have you'd have a mayor of london mm-hmm. who would bring in rent control to like would like would talk about bringing in rent control to win an election and then you'd have the city of london which will never have rent control and when people complain they'll have to go talk to the sheriffs because <laughs> the city of London is weird. the Grand High Council of yeah. Elders. Yeah, and then it, yeah, it'd be really weird. That'd I've, be awesome though. I've talked to the vintners, but I haven't got the <laughs> sign off from the actualers. Yeah, because there is the guild shit as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's See, all the guilds. It's, that's it's, the the government of the city of London. Yeah. We should do an episode on the city of London itself. It's, it's so, fucking. It's so mad. Yeah, it's really weird. Totally mad. Um, so that's some good things. Yeah. Uh, some less good things. Maybe not terrible things, but things that I really haven't been satisfied by that I've heard out of this conference so far. Selection. Yeah. Uh, and deselection. Yeah. More importantly. Uh-huh. Um, so, the basic changes are, they have made it easier to deselect a sitting MP. Okay. Um, they've reduced the threshold, the proportion of local members needed to trigger a new selection contest from 50% to 33%. Okay. Um, despite Momentum calling for mandatory open selection contests for every MP before every election. Wish that would be nicer. It would be very good. Because then you don't have to say, you don't have to do the thing of really, really campaigning hard for saying that they're a piece of shit. Yeah. Which then, when the election comes round, you've just done your Tories and your Lib Dems leaflets for them. (laughs) Well, haven't you? You'd have to. Um, It's like most of their own party hate them. It's one of those things where... Look, we all know, like, there have been numerous dramas written about the process that MPs who are embedded in their local area, the process that they go through when they get into Parliament. Like, it's how you get the weeping in front of the closure of Big Ben MPs. Because they become like Westminster's creatures Mm. as opposed to creatures for a greater cause. Like, ultimately, the movement has to have... Um, like MPs should be the face of a movement, not its leading lights. Yeah, in, well, in many ways. If if you unless you make it, unless the thing, unless you have mandatory reselections. Yeah. Every election, then they're going to just be civil servants. Hmm. They are tools of the state. Yeah, their interests they align with the British state. They see themselves as the state. Yeah, which they shouldn't. MPs really shouldn't. Yeah, we can't... Especially not left-wing ones. I just find it, like, kind of disgusting that... I mean, this is this is less about the actual issue of deselection, which obviously, I mean, Move Momentum said it was not as bad as it could have been, um, but it was incredibly disappointing that they had... <laughs> the Labour Party. Yeah, not as bad as it could have been, but incredibly disappointing nonetheless. Um, like The kind of defences of this have been from kind of like, you know, your Frank Fields and your uh, Gavin Shukas and people like that, of like, it would be impossible for anybody else to do this job. I don't believe that for a fucking second. Oh, I no. do not believe that oh, no. like, they have special skills. And also, on matters where... I could be as reactionary and racist as yeah. Frank Field, if you pay me the right amount of money. Like... I feel like you're rolling a dice when you say move to an area and look mm. at your local MP. If you're interested in politics, if mm. you're somehow like conscious or engaged with the political process, you want to know what your MP is like. And it at, right now, it's rolling the dice. Mm. 
You go to an area, you might have someone good, you might have someone bad, but it shouldn't be about that. Mm. You shouldn't have to, as Iraq showed, there's literally no point in relying on the individual consciences of MPs Mm -hmm. as if they're somehow like special, Mm. as if they've kind of undergone the same development as as you, because the only people who stand, the only people who get selected are people from the same social background. Hmm. Now, this has kind of been portrayed by a lot of people as, like, factionalism. Hmm. And it is, to a certain extent. We want a left-wing slate. Hmm. Yeah? That would be the ideal. But it goes beyond that. It goes from turning something that is an electoral machine with all of the kind of class concerns that go along with that to something that can actually represent people and, more importantly... Something where not only can people be disciplined, but people can actually represent properly and take the role as a, a group, as a community. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you, if somebody is having a hard time, if somebody doesn't feel like that they can do it, mm. they can get support in order to advance a proper agenda that's, like, to the benefit of most people. Mm. As opposed to how it is now, whereby... You know, you graduate, you work for the Fabian Society, you intern with an MP, you cast around within the party for a thing. and Or your mum and dad already have senior positions within your constituency Labour Party. I can't imagine who you're talking about, because that's also who I was talking about. And we shall be talking Um, about them later. We were talking about them in probably closer than that. (laughs) Um, Well, it's a thing that's... It's it's so upsetting as well, because like... Yeah, it is that thing when you move to an area, you are rolling the dice. Yeah. I'm not a member of the Labour Party because I refuse to do- knock doors to get to get my le- my MP re-elected. Yeah. I will not do that. Well, also, it's like a double thing because the Westminster system is set up like it's ancient mm. and fucking just um, decrepit system mm. whereby... Originally, you had the person from your constituency that represented that geographical area, that group of people. Yeah. And, you know, the party system evolved. Uh, like, let's face it, originally Parliament was meant to, like, and probably still is today. Originally, Parliament was founded from, you know, the 50 wealthiest landowners. Yeah. And they, yeah. And they were, they were non-titled, but they were called the Commons simply because they didn't have titles. Yeah. The Civil War is all about the bourgeoisie as a class, like, exerting their power politically and pushing the old landed aristocracy as far as it would go. Mm. And the idea that that principle, in however distorted and fucked up, has still remained to this day, despite the fact that you have parachuted candidates. Yeah. There's, There's absolutely no way. And they're all talking about representing their constituents, all of them, and not their party. Mm. And it's like, no... That shouldn't be how it works. If yeah. if you do get a majority, you probably should advance your agenda because God knows the Conservatives are doing it. Yeah. That's exactly what the Conservatives do. Yeah. I it just it just beggars belief how they try and have it both ways. Mm-hmm. It's fucking mad. Um uh, other selection uh stuff. They've also changed the process for nominating party leadership candidates. Yeah, this is one that yeah. Under new recommendations, uh, candidates seeking to run the leadership would need 10% of MPs and 5% of constituency Labour parties or 5% of affiliated trade union members. Uh, the reason Momentum said that that was better than it was because an earlier proposal would have forced them to win the backing of at least two trade unions accounting for 5% of the membership. Now, trade unions are not 
what the Daily Mail tells you. No. Trade unions are, in their current form, have proved more than happy to make uh, compromises with big business and capital yeah. and the state generally and in order to protect that. their shrinking membership. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. makes sense, but is not what, you know, a trade union ideally should be for no. um, if they're going to get if they're going to kind of try and advance a, a left wing or a egalitarian politics, it's it's not good. No. Um, so in that case, you'd have to get. Let's see. I mean, Unite and Unison are fairly right wing, I think. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of others. I think basically it would come down to you'd have to court at least one right the big ones. one of the more right wing unions in order to get nominated. That used to be the case. That will no longer be the case. You will be able to get by on constituency Labour parties hmm. as well, just to get nominated. That's yeah. not anything about the actual vote for leader itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also um, there was going to be uh, a proposal for a second deputy leader who would be female. Yeah, um, that. that has been dropped today. Um, dropped. There's a lot of different takes on it. Some people say it's because too many people were originally like, angling for the job. Because um, there were a lot of kind of barnstorming speeches where people seemed to be setting out leadership ambitions. I don't know. Yeah. It was a really weird like conference for There's that kind of stuff. Too many of you want this job, so the job's not happening. Um, but there was also, it, depending on who you are, it was either a dastardly Corbynite plot hmm. to um, isolate Tom Watson or a sneaky centrist uh, back pass in order to um, get a centrist in there. So... Hmm. I don't know about that, but apparently it's not going to happen. With the way that the two-party system is set up, I don't know with the way that, like, MPs are supposed to be... Like, MPs value their independence, but are also subject to whips, are also Mm. subject to a very, very strict media... Like, party line. Mm. It's not new. No. Uh, It's been around for for decades in its current form. And so... I really don't know what problem there would be democratically with putting up... I mean, put up a different candidate every time. Yeah. If there's some new blood in there, if there's someone who's popular enough amongst their local party, hmm. I mean, go for it. Yeah. Well, it's, it works for that. You, might get, you that... might get shit people. It, it will be a... a I think shit people. It, it, yeah, it's, it will still be a roll of the dice, hmm. but you won't have people like Kate Huey, who has been a conservative MP running for Labour yeah. for, like, how long has she been in Parliament? Like, 40 years? 30 so. years? It's yeah, crazy. It's, yeah, and there is always, there's always the argument that, that you get from people like, um, Michael Dewar. Yeah. Saying, like, but I'm the star. Yeah. I'm the one that gets the yeah. votes in. And, you know, when they go independent, they don't. I've read accounts from people who say, like, yeah, the best day of the year in the constituency Labour Party was when the MP showed up. Oh, God. You know? Because then they're not beholden to their constituency Labour Party. They just rely on them once every five yeah. years. And it's about that stopping that once every five years mentality. Yeah. Well, and that's in the larger British public as well as the Labour Party. Yeah. Well, Frank Field stopped turning up to his constituency a while ago. <laughs> Did he really? I think, he, I think that's why they, the CLP hate him. Hmm. Because he was like, well, I'm not going there because they're always meant to be. <laughs> yeah, because there's like 20 people who turn up every single time yeah. and they get to meet the MP when they come up and they get to feel part of it. But there's so much more to mm. it than that. There yeah. can be so much more to it. Definitely. Anyway, 
my second big problem, uh, which is a much bigger mm. problem, the second referendum vote, people's vote. All of the people, all of the people who want a second referendum all of the time. No. <laughs> no. And that is my response um, to it. It's been fairly high profile at the conference, the issue of a second vote on the uh, Bre- on, on Brexit, the let's say. Talk about. Um, John McDonnell said he would... The general line I've heard from a lot of people seems to be... They go, I would much rather prefer a general election but I would settle for a second vote if we are not going to get another general election. John McDonnell okay. said that exactly, um, mm-hmm. but he also said that he would not want a Remain option on that no. second vote. Keir Starmer had a big speech today that was like gushed over by um, I the Liberal Papers. I cannot deal with Keir Starmer's speeches because the man is such a void of He's a, He really is, isn't he? God, it's it's terrible, isn't it? Because he he looks he like looks like he looks like New Labour shit him out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He looks like somewhat uh, New Labour have an injection mould mm. in a their Play-Doh basement machine with, that they uh, just fill yeah. with like. Um, Resin. <laughs> that's what they used all the pulped up clause fours for. <laughs> to make Keir Starmer. <laughs> to make Keir Starmer. And the worst thing is, I can't. I look at him and I just think, Harvey Dent. <laughs> for some reason. Well, he was a. He's got that. He, he was, was a, a human rights lawyer. Was he? Um, he was pretty good. Like was he? he was a fine liberal. How do I put this without sounding condescending? A fine liberal activist. The kind of amnesty, policeman's ball, human rights activist who would uh, go in and lawyer for people. Would he be the kind of person that I'd whip a gun cider at? Uh, but maybe back in the day, not. Oh, right. Like, he's not. He's that. He's okay, just yeah. that, you right. know? But he's become a Labour MP. Obviously, he's a Brexit spokesman Yes. for Labour. Um, and he like, came out and it's made the a. The perfect storm of Brexit spokesman for Labour. And his void of charisma that I just can't hear him. <laughs> I just hear white noise. It's like, um, yeah, I just can't deal with it. But yeah, okay, tell me what he said. Maybe in your voice it won't make me want to just He die. said exactly the same thing as John McDonnell. Okay. He would prefer a general election, but he'll take a second vote at a pinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he said he would want a Remain option on there. Because again, this is conference, mm-hmm. so nobody's actually saying... Will. Yeah. These are all still subject to votes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The Brexit re- the re- resolution is, is subject to a vote. Um, Stella Creasy had an amazing fucking little soundbite today on, mm-hmm. I believe it was Channel 4. Mm-hmm. Um, she was talking about how she would like a second referendum. She said a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's been two and a half years. It clearly isn't working. We need a second referendum. And she was she got into very much um, Tony Blair mode. Oh yeah. We don't need politicians deciding the wording of the second vote. She would like to see, as with the Irish abortion referendum, to have a citizens' assembly to decide the wording of the vote. I didn't realise that the Irish abortion referendum needed a citizens' assembly to say, "Shall we have abortion? Shall we not have abortion?" Um, it needed a shitload, actually. Um, Did it? I've got it because that's the thing. Because I didn't really pay attention that much to it until it was all suddenly happening. There was very much, yeah, it should happen. Yeah, that's right. So the the Irish abortion referendum, mm. the citizens' assembly was like randomly selected citizens mm. 
to report on on changes to the Eighth Amendment, which was the one that banned abortion. Yeah, that would be then considered by an Oroctus committee, Oroctus Parliament of Ireland. Mm. Um, that committee would then report to the government, who would then respond officially in debates in both Oroctus houses. Um, <laughs> so complicated. It's incredibly complicated. So what Stella Creasy is is proposing is not a second vote. <laughs> But a maybe vote one point one vote one point five. Mm. First off, who gets randomly selected into the citizens' assembly? What citizens, What powers do the citizen assembly have? Yeah. What uh, obligation mm. is I assume the standing committee that they would report to? Yeah. Um, what powers would they have to recommend that to them? What would it be binding? If they send it to a standing committee, they may do it in Parliament, in which case there'll have to be another vote within Parliament as to whether to apply the recommended wording. If it doesn't, it gets sent back. It would have to go back to the House of Lords, go through all that kind of bill, the the method of becoming a parliamentary bill. It's fucking insanely complicated. How is that? I thought... The whole point of referendum. They keep going on about how they fucking hate yeah. referendums because it's too complicated yeah. to be a yes or no question. Mm. And they say that people... It wasn't adequately explained to people what Brexit... What the Brexit referendum meant. Mm. Yeah? It was clouded by, you know, Russian interference or money or illegal spending or whatever. But also, people basically are too stupid to understand Definitely. what Brexit would mean. I actually think that's partially true but i don't think it's because they were too stupid no not i think so. it's the same as any other issue in yeah. which there is a cloud of propaganda and information out there I that people have put in front of them it's very hard I to have someone different. have a to quickly make their mind up on an issue where for 70 years they've had one thing screamed in their ear and like fucking this thing that we're supposed to put every single other one of our hopes and dreams mm. on while the fucking people's housing is burning to mm. the ground literally and figuratively yeah and i'm not making a joke there no. i mean grenfell and i mean the yeah. renters market all of this stuff mm. burning to the ground while we debate about whether to have a second vote and she goes chuck a few more votes in there probably yeah. chuck some more fucking parliamentary procedure we what could the spend, fuck are you talking about virtually nothing has been has been done for the last two years except bad things um, for the last two years since the vote so what I was thinking is we should maybe make it take another four or five before we have another vote they fucking love um, just voting they yeah. do MPs admittedly MPs have such a commitment to democracy hmm. that they will refuse to have their own phony baloney jobs voted on yeah, or the jobs of their or the jobs of their dad, or the jobs of their father. Yeah, or we'll get to it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, we'll get. I to promise it. we will. Um, so the <laughs> and like the basic Romaniac argument through all of this, the reason why they want a second vote, hmm. Romaniac, hmm. just slip into it. Ramo, it's, Romaniac is better than Ramona because I don't mind people moaning. I'm a moaner. Yeah, moaning's fine. I moaning's love like, having a pop. Moaning's part of being British. It's yeah, on, you know, it's. When you know you have to get your British passport, one of the final things is moaning about the queue, and then you just get bing and you get to the head of the queue. <laughs> um, their basic argument is that still it's it's impossible to create better things, it's impossible to create a better society without being in the EU. Mm. They say that this is not up for debate, this is not there is no argument around mm. it, it is a essentially a non-political issue. Well, it is just a fact. Do you see that woman from the Fabian Society talking about how the best thing about the EU is it controls whether you try and set up an illegal budget? Oh shit, yeah, was it um 
I forgot her name, but she got she got Fuck, like, she yeah, got an award for yeah. being a genius because she said that Corbyn's a Soviet. <laughs> yeah, she said it's great because it makes sure peak governments don't spend beyond their means. They don't cause a deficit. Jesus. But yeah, that, that's that's what that is why they like it. Yeah, um, they don't. They've gone through. They've cycled through all the options. Mm. They've had courts. They've mm. had Parliament. They've had the idea that it could just be thrown out because it's illegitimate. They could. They've had. It's just an advisory referendum, and yeah. none of these things have worked. And no. so, a popular appeal naturally would be their fucking last recourse because mm. they're not fucking used to it. There are so many reasons why this is a bad idea. I've got a few here. Mm-hmm. First off, as we said with Stella Creasy, no one can agree on how it should be worded. Mm-hmm. What are we asking for? Are we looking for a a second Brexit referendum? Mm. Do you want to leave the EU? Yes, no. Are we looking for a comment on the final deal? Mm. whereby you have a deal or no deal. Um, do you have a remain option on there? Do you have a third mm. option? Like, nobody will be able to agree. We'd have to have a referendum on the wording of the yeah. thing, as Stella Crucia has already said. It's fucking mental. Um, if it has a remain option, does that invalidate the first? Yeah. Uh, does that invalidate the first thing, which was, do you want to leave the EU? Mm. If you have a three-pronged, uh, vote on the on the deal itself like deal do you like this do will you accept this deal yes yeah. or no or we'd like to remain in the eu it doesn't not only does it not fit within the binary of any sensible question mm. but it doesn't do anything to solve the underlying problem of the fact that that first vote happened that you can't erase it yeah um if it doesn't uh if it if it doesn't have a remain option it's just a vote on the final deal so if it's voted against, that leaves no other option than a no-deal Brexit, which yeah. I suspect plays into Theresa May's ultimate strategy, which is to brinksmanship her way to getting checkers or whatever version of the checkers deal she wants through, which mm. ultimately is a soft Brexit with a severe democratic deficit. Yeah, yeah. Um, a stupid name like Canada plus plus ampersand. Yeah. Percentage um, sign. Smiley emoji, sad emoji. She'll take she. she'll take literally whatever deal um, she has at the end of it. Definitely. She will strong arm Brexiteers in her own party. Mm-hmm. She will try to placate Remainers with as much as she can, and say it's this or it's back to the Stone Age. Yeah. So she plays into that. Um, it's also standard neoliberal practice. I mean, that's mm. what the financial bailout was. It was yeah. take the like pass the bailout or the chaos. Yeah. You know, Do it's it. neoliberalism itself. Pass these particular bailouts, pass these extra powers to go to the financial sector, or we have chaos. Yeah. Like, that's disaster capitalism. Um, you'd need a massive Remain majority um, doesn't really for a second vote. Recent polling suggested that 42% of those polled wanted a second referendum on the Brexit deal. Now, some of those are probably going to be Leave supporters who want to make sure that May doesn't screw them. Yeah. Um, and it... Most importantly, it wouldn't set back the clock to 2015 no, no. like liberals think it would. No. The thing is, it's like, okay, so I. We've got. We go on like the odd anti fascist march. Yeah. I don't want to swell the ranks of the people on the other side. Yeah. And telling a bunch of people that the one time that they got to vote. The one yeah. time that they got to see have a, a nice di- Have a direct decision. Yeah. Not just voting for an MP, but have a direct part in the decision making process mm. of a straight yes no question mm. that those conniving bureaucrats screwed them out of it 
I don't want that. I don't want to get my head kicked in because Alistair Campbell wanted another vote. What we need right now, as the alt-right is kind of gaining power across Europe, what we need is a unified... grievance. Well, a, a unifying myth that can not only unite, like, the alt-right itself, like the younger alt-right, but mm. also unites tra- trad fash, mm-hmm. traditional fascists, yeah. and um, the Eurosceptic fringes of the Tories. Yeah. Like, that's an insane thing to do. Mm. Um, I think as well, like... There's no guarantee that it wouldn't be run in exactly... The Remain oh, vote would be would. run exactly the same it way. Would. Who are in favour of having another Remain vote? It's Lib Dems, yeah. the Labour right, big business, some of the Tory centre-right, and uh, like civil service, I'd say. Yeah. like Senior civil service who just think it's impossible to do. Hmm. They're the ones who want to have it. So they would be the ones fronting up the campaign. Hmm. They had Again. all the money last time, and they had the benefit of the doubt, and they still lost. Hmm. There is no guarantee that they would do it. They haven't exactly, aside from Brexit, that segment of society have not exactly spent the last eight years, let's say, covering themselves in glory. No. Well, no, also, like, since since the vote, mm. all the people who'd be organising the Remain campaign have spent, like, those last two years calling everyone idiots and monsters. Yeah. And, like, you saw um, at Labour conference... They were calling. Um, there were a bunch of them shouting at Len McCluskey, calling him a fascist, calling him, screaming at him that he was like he was fucking right wing. Oh, because he wouldn't back a second vote. Yeah, <laughs> they were screaming at him. I'm sure that would win people over. Yeah, good job. Like I thought, you were all in the business of winning elections. All you do is scream. <laughs> you just can't sell. You just you can't sell saying Brexit is an elite project <laughs> if you yourself are an elite project. <laughs> Like, our future, our choice, our, what's it, oh. um, FFS, for yeah. for our future's sake. Yeah, it's um, Like, they are still, like, I'm sure some of, like, some of their activists... Oh, they've got a lot of rubes in there, but they are, are a national turf organisation. ruby, but they are funded by, you know, uh, what's it called, um... They're in Mandelson's building. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. It is one of the Remain hmm. campaign groups. But, like, it's an elite-driven response to something that, frankly, was elite-driven in the first place. Mm. I, I don't. I believe that it reflected some kind of popular discontent. Mm. With what, I don't know, because they just... I mean, they answered the question. Mm-hmm. I don't entirely know whether everybody was being truthful with themselves about the EU, but who fucking knows? We've had 40 years of lies, distortions, and over-exaggerations about the EU. Mm. It's not exactly surprising. Um, how do you market... Like, taking back control from the group taking back control. Yeah. This looks like a slap fight only involving the elite. Even if you believe that, yeah, Brexit was driven by elite interests. Yeah. How do you... You can't portray that as an upswelling when the only people on your side are high-ranking Labour and Lib Dem MPs mm. and politicians mm. and ex-politicians and lords. Mm. You just cannot do it. It's The whole thing is ideologically empty. Mm-hmm. Hard Remain has tried to engineer this like new political terrain where if you weren't passionately pro-EU, you're a hard Brexiter. Mm-hmm. You are aligned with Steve Bannon and Nigel Farage. Mm-hmm. Um, which does the twi- serves the twin purposes of isolating the left from what they consider their terrain mm-hmm. um, and leaves themselves as gatekeepers. It leaves themselves as the moderators of what's active politically. It gave them almost like a last little gasp of life. They have a cause. 
because God knows they didn't believe this passionately in anything else before. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, it hasn't worked. Nobody's Nobody is believing it. I think there is a groundswell of people who genuinely fear for their living standards and, frankly, genuinely fear for their holidays. It's yeah. still a material concern. It is. Because yeah. it's, <laughs> it's an unjustifiable one, but it is still a material concern yeah. for people to be... Con- Worried about the holidays. You've got to remember those people who have those. Um, it's one of those things that I keep on thinking about is uh, Fordham and Masons, they have baguettes and croissants that are flown in every day by a helicopter, I believe. Really? I believe there are Jesus. some um, from France. Uh-huh. What will happen to them? <laughs> Won't someone think about that? It's Sometimes I like to go into Fordham and Masons on a Sunday when everything is suddenly super cheap just before it shuts. Ooh, my dad used to take. Now me you there. see, I do that with Tesco. Yeah, my dad used to. I hadn't thought about doing that because I don't. I don't work too far from there, actually. Yeah, it's on a Sunday though. Oh, on a Sunday. Yeah, I'm dad, not going in just to fucking. My dad just to get to cut price quite That's a treat my dad used to do when I was really little. Oh, <laughs> to get me a pie. <laughs> but yeah, what'll happen? It ha- it it hasn't like they haven't convinced enough people who weren't already convinced by the vote they cast. I voted to stay and they haven't convinced me. If anything, they've turned me... I keep thinking about... I was listening to a really interesting... Um, there was a talk with Kostas Labavitsas. Okay. He's ex-Syritza. Um, he broke mm. off when they made the deal with the EU mm. and is now super, super lexity. Mm-hmm. Left-wing Brexit, if you didn't know. Um, and... Got to say, he seemed a bit overconfident, and I'm not at all convinced that Lexit is even a thing. Mm. Not in, not certainly not in the process of Brexit. Maybe afterwards, but not in the yeah. process. But he was reasonably convincing. I, yeah. I'm not sure I'm quite there. At the, like, we should definitely leave. But I know where I am, and mm. that is, don't have a second fucking vote. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think like what really worries me. The thing that really worries me is that. This sets a precedent for this for political elites if they have enough noise, if they have enough money, mm. and if they have enough political clout that they can decide what is off limits for democratic decision making. Yeah, they can decide the economy as it exists now mm. is too important for any outside force to meddle with, even mm. parliament. Now, you could say. History of neoliberalism has done that anyway, which it has to a certain extent. Yeah. But they, it was never formally, it was never, people bitch about their jobs all the time. Yeah. They don't talk about uh, solving those problems politically. That has been a victory mm. of neoliberalism to do that. However, they never declared it formally. It, formally, neoliberalism always said you're taking control of your own life, your individual yeah, and your definitely. family's lives, you're taking control of it. What worries me is this this is the liberal class. Declaring, declaring that there are some things that cannot be tampered with. Hmm. And they have the hegemony, they have the like mouthpieces, they have the journalistic like media coverage to be able to do that. Hmm. And that's severely fucking worrying if they get their way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think they thought originally that they would be able to get away with it because they thought all their enemies would be the far right, that Farage would have unprecedented popularity and that this heralded the coming of the far right they were not necessarily unreasonable to think that Mm. but this isn't it's not a from our perspective from a left-wing perspective this isn't just a straight fight between reactionary conservatism and reactionary liberalism Mm. anymore this there is actually a resurgent left with some answers for these things and 
maybe a better negotiating position, maybe a better Brexit position mm. than they think. Because they think they're on one side, everyone else is on the other. And I think that they're wrong. And I think it's a fucking huge mistake to start like... I mean, I've been... I've you know, said democracy is a sham or anything. I don't actually believe democracy is a sham. I believe it's a real thing that is treated like a game and is subject to all kinds of distortions and weird things. Mm. And I don't want this to be the kind of thing that puts people off. It will put... And it will majorly, Mm. majorly. Okay, finally, we're going to do about one brave woman speech at conference. Yep. Which... Sums up why I am not in the Labour Party <laughs> and why I'm. Still... But you specifically, there's there's more reasons than just like doctrinal issues. I mean, yeah, there yeah. are doctrinal oh, issues. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of reasons. But there's, there's a lot of other. But a lot I of feel other like reasons, yours but... are more slightly grounded in in personal local <laughs> experience. There is that. Um, there are you know there's there's bigger issues you know like war and stuff like yeah. that that I still don't think they've really like properly washed their hands yet. But you know locally. Your our local MP is Stella Creasy, and she is fucking horrible. Now I've for a long time she's been included in the stable of like Labour right MPs. Mm. Okay, like I I look through her voting record to see like how she's doing. There's a lot of stuff there that I have no objection to, mm. and generally I've read I read her speeches, and while they're pretty irritating and don't come to the point. Mm. You can never quite identify a particular point of opposition with her other than the fact that she's irritating. She's usually pretty quiet. She talks about her particular like branding, uh, branding it like pet issues and, and things like that that I don't think are bad at all. Oh, no. Um, you know, women's predatory issues. lending. Predatory lending issues, and abortion things? and you know yeah. domestic violence. Those kind of things. They're all good things mm-hmm. to address. I have no problem with that. Um, she made a speech to Progress. Of course she gave it to Progress group. to all four of her <clears> members. <laughs> um, yesterday. Her and her parents. <laughs> um, yeah, so she gave a speech to the Progress um, And it was a, it was really breaking cover for her because mm. she was a lot more... She, she was a lot bolder and she was... I think she thought she was having a go at a minority of trolls mm. who, like harass her online abuse her online and she does get that and she gets a shitload of that and it's unwarranted except for the fact that she confuses simple kind of disagreement with yeah she's uh, abuse yeah she really does that there was a a, a, yeah there was a tweet from tom gann saying that it was disgusting that she just constantly whenever an israel palestine thing happens she says israel has a right to defend their borders Mm. and tom gann called it disgusting and she seemed to think this was some kind of subtweeting targeted harassment like, yeah, yeah, she does that. He he quote tweeted you. It wasn't a subtweet. It, no, no, you he you could see it. Like I don't know. It seems it seems very weird. But suffice it to say, she has been targeted really horribly, and that should yeah, be a thing. It started with the getting the woman on a five pound note. Uh, yes, I believe so. That's yeah, when yeah. it all started. There was a fucking speech. I've, I've mentioned a bit of it later, but like, there's a speech of her at the LSE in 2016, hmm. where she talks about how. Um, Again, it was one of those wandering speeches where she criticises a lot of people mm. for not being effective, mm. but doesn't actually say who's effective. And one of the things she crit- seemed to criticise was um, the advancements of uh, women's issues politically amounting to getting a woman on the £5 note. That's what she did. A campaign that she was part of. It was really odd. Really odd. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, this speech, we'll, which we'll they, they put speech. in the new statesman. 
Yes. Because of course they did. Uh, Anyone here tonight, or indeed boycotting this event, because being political means to you sitting in meetings or shouting red Tory at people who think differently to you, then you can do one. Now that's a classic move right there. Mm. Straight away, all the real people in Mm. the Progress audience can tell that she's one of them, because she used a very, very common piece of slang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, It's not really boycotting if people didn't even know... The progress thing was happening because there's they none knew of it was members. going on because it always goes on. Well, because that's where all the they were like, where are all the journalists? Like Robert Pesson <laughs> last night admitted he didn't go to see Corbyn. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't be asked. <laughs> Tired out from all the partying of progress, <laughs> all the karaoke sessions. Oh God. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Socialism isn't a scout badge you get to sew on after a few protest marches and trolling sessions. It lives or dies in the long, hard yards of fighting injustice and inequality, day in and day out, so you can make radical change happen. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever heard her be committed to radical change, but there we are. Yeah, and it's that's just straight gatekeeping. It's, it's just, you're not allowed to be a member of my party. You can't, socialism isn't... Protest isn't street know, action for I know, socialists. I want to know what she means. Fighting injustice. Yeah. Fighting is a struggle. It, mm. it implies two sides. It mm. implies one side getting to such a position of power that they can overturn the decision, make the ability to make decisions of the other side, mm. and it can be used for good or bad. I don't. I don't get what what she means. Mm-hmm. Like. Protest has been a fucking legitimate political tool for ever. ever? Yes. <laughs> um, and you know, strange that she can so she's so eloquent because she can so succinctly define what socialism is. I thought, right, that it was a doctrine developed in response to the industrial revolution, seeing upcoming work like the working class uh integrated into a mechanism of power and ultimately of abuse um (laughs) and seeks to identify those abuses turn them around and uh allow the working class to control its own destiny to self-manage um it's actually being a labor mp and voting for military intervention it is i'm glad she set me straight on that that's good because i'm really happy about that we'd really been operating under false set of ideas for a long time we, it's it's false consciousness is what it is yeah it is it's it basically is. what it is it is um, two years in what has this is her again mm-hmm. two years in what has momentum achieved increased to her vote share <laughs> increased her vote by 9,000 people yeah to what single cause can they lay claim changing the selection laws <laughs> pressuring for other for um, other things other issues <laughs> okay but we just talked about it the rest of the you episode listen, yeah yeah, um, they have done stuff. They found time to decide how to deselect me. Uh, well, no, they weren't talking about deciding how to. Mm. Uh, how to is fairly simple. They just couldn't get the thing that they needed. Mm. Um, they found time to decide how to deselect me, but not to take a stand against what the likes of Jacob Rees-Mogg is doing to this country through Brexit. Absolute boys, more like absolute melts, as I believe the kids say. Now that would be a stinging rejoinder mm. to momentum, and. Had she not literally co-sponsored that stupid fucking online forums bill yeah. with Jacob Rees-Mogg, like within the last month? Yeah, yeah. What the? F- I I don't. That's radical change. Radical change is denying people anonymity. <laughs> 
And yeah. that, that speech I was talking about earlier to the LSE, yeah. I've got a little bit here where mm-hmm. she says, protest marches too may make you feel good, but put down the placard and ask where the power lies and how you can access it if you really want to make a difference. Ask me and my colleagues not to respond to your anger, but help you channel it and fund, fund it into outcomes. So... Campaign for you. What, camp, so to do what Momentum do. Hmm. To go to MPs and ask them and support them and door knock for them while also pressuring them on issues. That's literally what you think. I have no idea what her model of political action is. I have no idea how she thinks something, like not even political stuff, but just like physical actions happen, Mm. how they get from A to B. Yeah. So you get out of bed in the morning and you put on your fridge. (laughs) it's bizarre to me yeah um she continues socialism truly is the language of priorities you want to call yourself a socialist show the british public they are foremost in our minds not who is branch membership secretary okay now that one is really telling Hmm. because it's either next week or the week after there's a vote at the walthamstow agm Mm -hmm. their annual general meeting about um uh, replacing her dad as branch membership secretary because he's branch membership secretary and... Her dad? Yeah, yeah, her dad. Um, and not many people like him as branch membership secretary because but... he does things like not share the email lists of all the members and things like that, which pisses people off. Also, it's a, it seems like he's a, typical, a bully. Yeah, it seems like, um, a, like a typical like small grouping of people. Like yeah. You'd find it in like a fucking anglers club or something like that yeah. as well. Um, which but is, last know. year, he almost got... They almost got rid of him. Yeah. This year, it looks like there's a, they might be able to get rid of him. So that's why she's bringing that up, because her dad's going to lose his position. <laughs> I just, yeah, I find it, like, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, and then there's this other bit as well, where she goes on to um, armchair generals who gave up the grind of going to general committee meetings many years ago, if they ever did at all. And that, like, my wife is a member, and she doesn't go to many of the committee meetings, because they are boring. Because Stella Creasy's dad makes them boring. They they organise it like we've talked about it before with um, yeah. old left wing groups do it. Like lots of groups do it. You make the meeting boring. You make it really boring. And then when people leave, then you have all the important votes. Mm. You know, you do that kind of thing. You make it so people don't want to turn up. So then you're in charge. Mm. And that's what's happened for years. And it's that thing again of in like, oh look at all these people. These all these people turning up. Like, it's all good when they're turning up to go door-knocking for me and increase my vote share by 9,000 votes. But how dare they have an opinion on the fact that my dad's in a senior position? Don't they understand that they're supposed to select me and then I do their thinking for them? Yeah, don't they understand that democracy is when I have chosen you to be part of the voting committee to decide on the wording of a European referendum question? It is not choosing who gets to be in positions of power in this constituency Labour Party. (laughs) What does she mean by armchair generals? Um, people she, bitching at her online. Because she was talking about the young people, the, mm. the momentums, mm-hmm. all the momentums. You see them there on their skateboards. Mm. Um, but armchair generals, presumably she's talking about old lefties who stayed in the Labour Party but didn't, don't oh, go to meetings. There's a, yeah, there's a couple of them there. There's a couple of them orphans that one I met. But um, I mean also like... Quite, there's one of them who, was, who I've really, I really... I, I have. I only met him once in the pub afterwards, and I really yeah. liked him because he's like a, he's a lecturer. At, I can't remember which university, but he's a lecturer on Russian literature, and he's like this really old, muttering old communist. He's pretty great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think she means those kind of people. That's a, a weird. I don't. I really don't know. I genuinely don't know who she's talking to, other than like her own phantoms. Mm-hmm. I don't know who. It's not targeted very well. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know whether she's talking to... She's doing that old thing, that thing that they were doing a couple of years ago, whereby 
um, all of the left wing mem- the new left wing membership were all old trots mm-hmm. 500,000 <laughs> old Trotskyites yeah. invading the Labour Party the and then, Worker Party hadn't taken over already soon as there were supposedly 500,000 <laughs> members just hanging yeah. about and then tricking young people mm-hmm. into enacting their far left agenda yeah. you know and frankly in 2018 we're kind of overflowing with conspiratorial ideas about yeah. old-fashioned uh, like <laughs> the old enemy elites yeah. coming in and tricking a load of people into getting rid of the good people mm. you know by breeding or voting <laughs> or whatever we've had enough of those theories I think yeah, for one for definitely. one year uh, she continues Labour has been coasting for decades on the hope that the offer of past glories, the NHS, Equalities Legislation, the Good Friday Agreement, is justification enough for us to limp back into power. There's nothing moderate about a minimum wage for those who live on it. There's nothing centrist about sure start for those families who depend on it. There's nothing sellout about putting Wonga out of business for those in debt. There's nothing insignificant about abortion rights for Northern Irish women. First off, I would say in a country where 10 miles apart you can have an entire generation of people living on fucking food banks Mm. while 10 miles away they're serving literal gold-covered desserts, Mm -hmm. I would say that a slavish adherence to the minimum wage as the only method of remuneration (laughs) is plenty fucking moderate. Yeah. Secondly, sure start. She Mm. just went on bitching about coasting on past glories and Mm. she brings in sure start. Fucking centrist Ambrosia. Mm. Endlessly going on about the things that Surestart... Surestart has been defunded for, I think, since 2012. Yeah. I think it still time. exists, but it's been... Its funding has been massively cut mm. for six years now. Mm. It's insane that they keep fucking going on about it. Mm. As if that's their... It wasn't even redistributive. No. It was offering a top-down service, yeah. which Labour centrists claim to hate. Yeah, They claim to hate government intervention in the economy, in people's lives. Mm. They don't like top-down giving to people. That's their excuse for kicking everybody off fucking welfare. Yeah. Oh, infuriating. And they, she didn't put, they didn't put Wonga out of business. I mean, I don't also don't, yeah, I don't also don't think she should be, like, fair play. She has uh, introduced bills about regulating um, uh, payday lenders, but it was a Tory government that introduced the legislation that meant all of those compensation claims piled on top of them, and ultimately it was Wonga who put Wonga out of business. She would have done more good walking down Walthamstow High Street with a baseball bat, smashing up every single predatory lender shop and mm. that, because there are a lot. Yeah. And yeah, she could have done that. Yeah. Um, also, this, oh, this, like, it's really good the abortion thing the repeal the eighth that one yeah it is really good it's really great and it was a fantastic campaign yeah like it was really well run and it was a really good and timely but while she's done thing. that access to women's health stuff sexual health stuff in Wolfenstein has gotten fiddlier and harder yeah and like now to get the contraceptive pill and any of that kind of stuff you can't go to the I think it's like two days a week in the village it used to be mm. um, just in the middle of Wolfenstein now you have to go back to the main place, which is the, I think it's like underneath the away stand of Leighton Orient Football Ground. Mm. It's quite a way away. It's like, I think it's two different buses um, or a long fucking walk. There's no train there. But you know, while that's happening yeah. in, in her place, yeah, 
it's like she does she does fuck all in Wolfram's though. For all of her stuff when she like talks about these people not actually achieving anything. Did you see did you see it when um there was there was that anti thing, um when there was all the people out saying, No, we do not want you to build tower blocks in the middle of Wolfenstone. Yeah. Did you see her there? Did you bollocks? Mm. When they were shutting down the library down on Wood Street, yeah. did you see her down at that protest? Did you bollocks? Yeah. No, because she's too busy carefully constructing a poorly written speech to give up progress. <laughs> um, <laughs> she continues, Want to make change happen? Stop pointing at stuff and trying to ban it, nationalise it, or rationalise it, and failing to make a difference. Start being the change maker this country needs you to be. I don't think the country needs me to be anything. Hmm. The country doesn't... It's so fucking entitled. It's a reification of the Labour Party as it once existed. The idea that Labour is this set formation within British politics, Mm. it can never go away because, at the very least, it's the natural party of opposition. And if it gets lucky, it's the party of government. And that's when we get all the good stuff in. (laughs) Like, they don't do that for the country. They Mm. do it for their own party organisation and for their constituents, maybe, the Mm. ones who voted for them. And maybe the ones who didn't. I don't... And I don't know how to tell you this, Stella... But nationalising and democratising stuff is making a difference. Just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean it isn't happening. If it happens, that is making a difference. (laughs) Labour has been character like Labour has been characterised for the past thirty years by not nationalising things. Yeah. Like you might say the definition of a Labour Party member before like say two thousand and ten was not nationalising stuff. Yeah. It's time maybe to try something different because it has made a difference, the Labour Party being kind of right-wing and centrist. Mm. It's made a worse difference. Yeah. People's lives are demonstrably worse off. So much worse. And if you claim to speak for the whole country, Mm. maybe take a look around and see how that country's doing because it's not doing very fucking well with your tactics. Well, she doesn't even have to look around the country. It's that that thing. Like, London does have that thing of, like, in in a borough... Yeah. It's like a small constituency, you can have a massive disparity of rich and poor. Yeah. Um, probably more concentrated in, like, like, virtually every constituency in London is like that. Yeah. And so she can see, she's seen exactly what has happened in Walthamstow for years and years of Labour being shit. Yeah. But no, she doesn't give a fuck. But on a macro level, that's the thing. The, the thing that she would say is, well, I can't do something as one MP, but as a group of MPs and if we you're supposed to get us into government you're supposed to help us win elections because we're an election winning machine and we can only do stuff when we're in government which is true under the system Mm -hmm. but that has all been tossed aside because she doesn't like the leadership that she's under no they constantly do that fucking fuck off and she's basically saying in order to make things change we've got to stop suggesting changes we can make yeah it's fucking balmy. Yeah, shut up. It's, it's gatekeeping again. They're just, they're really angry about yeah. other people having a say. Whereas I'm the one who went to the right school and had the right training to be in this position. Yeah. I'm the one whose mummy and daddy gave her this fucking job. That's I, something it's just. Mm. Maybe you should have uh, joined the Fabian Society as an intern at <laughs> 22 or whatever, whatever yeah. age she did. Um, she goes on, fight for child trust funds to get every kid the pot of cash they need at 18, not just those who go to oh, university. Fuck off. There's, like, you can guarantee, uh, you know exactly how what that means. It means don't make university education free. Yeah. Do not uh, do not reduce uh, But give them 500 pounds. But give them, well, it originally started as, they got 250 um, and 
they are just yeah 250 that, quid. that was in 2002 2005 maybe a bit earlier um there have been a recent spate of articles because the people who the the kids who originally got that are just starting to turn 18 yeah uh in which case that would put it at 2000 anyway mm. um and it's turned into roughly i think about a thousand pounds well what what are they going to spend that on? Is that so they can move out? So they can give that £1,000 immediately to a landlord because yeah. you've let the rental and housing market in this country spiral out of control yeah. because you couldn't take on proper villains. You had to take on your own membership instead. Oh, fucking ridiculous. This movement doesn't just need have to open its way of selecting. It needs to open up its way of thinking. It's a very partridge moment there. Mm. The group think that comes from closed and tired cliches about leadership holds back not only our ability to respond to the world, but shape it. Patronage, machine politics and backroom deals are just as toxic to our future as momentum's time-wasting. I'm pretty She's been certain. fighting a defensive action to stop their selection thing. She's yeah. literally wasting their time. Yeah. Um, I think this happened last year. Mm. Her dad deliberately time wasted to hope that more people would leave and some more of his supporters would turn up so he could save his position. Oh, before a vote happened or yeah. something like that. They do it all the time. Fucking hell. Because that's what that's what that kind of politics is always. Yeah, yeah. That so it's not local like politics for, is, yeah. is like that. Yeah. It's horrible. But oh god, it's just Closed and tired cliches about leadership. I mean that's why well, can't they be that's bold and different they and was... have a woman that constantly tweets hashtag awesome stuff. <laughs> What you need is a woman who loves Shed 7. Yeah, that's what you want. Oh, Uh, God. She continues, Don't leave sorting this out to other people or rage against the dying of the light of the old Labour Party. Get that man's words out of your mouth. There's no cavalry coming. There's only us to stand up for what we believe in and stand together with those willing to work for shared ideals. Uh, This was clearly a little burn to the rest of the people in the Progress meeting because there really is no cavalry coming for you. No. Um... And also, like, what what are her ideals? Like, I understand she she professes to want like communitarian in New Labour parlance. She wants communitarian solutions. Mm. So you can't have direct ownership. Mm. You can't have a state top down deciding how things are allocated or or standards or mm. ownership. Mm-hmm. Anything like that. You can't have it either of those ways. So you have it somewhere in the middle where a community gets together and sort of does stuff hmm. it's big society stuff again mm-hmm. it's that's big society was a development of half-baked ideas that blair had yeah um and she finishes up by saying uh so sign up for this i'm not asking you to stay put in labor i'm asking you to stand proud as labor comrades let's take back control of socialism take back control you'd have to be a socialist in the beginning she says the thing is she she always says that she is a socialist and she's educated enough to know the words. She one hundred percent she one hundred percent knows what she's talking about. She's yeah. not stupid in any way at and all. That's one of the reasons one of the many reasons I despise her. Yeah. Um she is profoundly manipulative. Because I thought she would have the I, I thought she was one of slightly more cagey than she's been over the past couple of days. Mm. There is something I don't know whether she was maybe going for the deputy leadership because she did go for Tom Watson's like mm. the one that the contest that Tom Watson got elected in. She was yeah. going for that deputy mm. leadership that time, and she didn't get it. But she came about third or fourth, I think. Mm. Um, and I can only think that maybe it was an attempt to kind of stand out. 
Yeah. Like, don't, you know, not everybody has great public speaking skills. They have skills in other areas. And yeah. presumably not every MP is going to stand out, even if their ambitions lie in that direction. Yeah. Um, She's probably a good choice if you're going to try and put up a a centre-right woman in the Labour Party to be up against the, the leadership. Because, you know, Yvette Cooper got no votes and is guilty of many crimes. Also, she's Whereas not... she hasn't actually been in any position of power to cause it, to do anything she's truly not, monstrous. She's not been put in the position where she's had to vote on anything no. monstrous other than military intervention in yeah. Syria. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, but... I don't know. Like, it's the fact of... Like piecing together what she act, the way she actually thinks political action work is really fucking mm. hard. Mm. It's really difficult. I can't work out like Jess Phillips if she thinks that being an MP is basically being a very very important charity spokesman. I think Jess Phillips. I think Jess that. Phillips think, thinks more of that. But I don't think Stella Creasy thinks that. No. I think she is proper. She's in this for the the big jobs. Yeah. And the election of Corbyn and everything that's changed and the changing shape of the Walthamstow constituency Labour Party which has been it must have been a shock to her and her parents yeah um, it's it's probably quite a shock. like she I think she genuinely thought that she was going to probably be leader of the party at some point hmm. um, she had Nobody... all, the, all the right all the right credentials to do that yeah in the old way she's a, she's a in mid- the old world yeah. but the world's changed she is livid <laughs> she has been she and, and others we do go on about centrists hmm. a lot and I, I try and like look at well, they're the ones that are constantly it, ruining everything. Yeah. But there's a distinct sense that the world has left it behind. That was a very Blairite speech. Mm-hmm. The only thing she didn't say is, because she was talking to Labour itself and mm. not the country, the only thing she didn't finish off with is uh, rights, but with responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Because that that really is the thing that caps off that way of thinking. Mm. Because they think that all of those other questions have been settled. That socialism as she points out like as she goes on and on about it socialism by definition sits alongside capitalism mm. and that's how that's what politics is it's yeah. about mediating the worst of it well like socialism is not you know a program of luxury flats no. in the 35th most deprived borough in the country yeah. it's not voting against the 2015 welfare bill mm-hmm. It's not voting for Trident every time. No. It's not voting against regulations for fracking. Mm-hmm. It's not constantly talking about the country as if it's this amorphous blob and that's where you get your authority from. Mm-hmm. You know, constantly mentioning how fucking socialist you are in every single meeting and talking about how you were born left wing, which suggests a dependence for your political positions on genetics <laughs> a little too strongly mm-hmm. for my liking. Yeah. You know, it's not something that you're just born to and you get the title socialist. I wasn't born socialist. No. Like we mentioned earlier, the working class, when it goes into work every day, remakes itself. And I think that's true of socialism, socialists as well. Hmm. They have to keep remaking themselves. They're not always going to be right. They're not always going to be on the right side of an argument. They're not always going to be kind of correct, but they do keep trying to with a basic set of principles they do keep trying to do better next time mm. and that is something that Stella Creasy and the other centrists just are completely unwilling to do mm-hmm. and it's infuriating it is but yeah that's why I'm not a member of the Labour Party yeah <laughs> and won't be unless they get rid of her then I might 
Yeah. Well, they reckon the deselection rules might get rid of, say, 15 to 20 MPs, so we'll see. She's got she's got quite a lot of support in the in the Wolfenstein party. There's a chunk that really dislike her. Um, she occasionally like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, she's not the worst. The thing is, the the amount of hassle that you'd have to go through. Mm. What the thing is before that speech, I'd say it's probably not worth it. I would have want. I I like the idea of getting rid of. I don't like the idea of her parents being in positions of power because that just that's fucking weird for a number of yeah. reasons. Um, but I was all right with her being there and coasting along. Um, but you know, she gives more speeches like that, then she'll yeah. be she'll be deselected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Okay, uh, that's us for this week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can follow us at wdtatw underscore podcast. You can follow me at bm bergamo and follow Hugh at tanner smashing. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. about the fighting game.